You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. There are a few good reasons to have regulations. They create the standards and the rules that govern the marketplace and give consumers confidence and keep rogue traders at bay and make sure things that should fit together, like plugs and sockets, do just that. Regulation prevents a race to the bottom in environmental or labor standards and can make sure that one person's incompetence doesn't harm another. Even things as banal as uh, the chimes of an ice cream van benefit from regulation. And how can they be loud enough to advertise the van's presence without being so loud that they create a rude intrusion? However, regulators do sometimes overreach themselves or make basic conceptual errors. And in one of the most hotly debatable recommendations in recent memory, uh, the Competition Commission last week opened the Pandora's box of public interest assessment conditions, which were inserted into the law via the Competition Amendment Act of 2018, when it ruled that the proposed takeover of Burger King by US private equity fund be prohibited due to the lack of BE in the new ownership structure. And while the Commission found that the proposed transaction was unlikely to impact competition in the country, it found that uh, the merger would lead to a significant reduction in the shareholding of historically disadvantaged persons in the target firm. I certainly cannot remember other high-profile cases that have been turned down by the Commission due to the lack of BEE at an ownership level or the resulting dilution of BEE parties from the deal. And if upheld uh, at the tribunal, and that's still a question that needs to be discussed, this ruling could have significant implications for foreign direct investment or foreign investors looking to make uh, acquisitions of South African entities, existing black shareholders, uh, employment and small to medium-sized firms as suppliers. Uh, SA Business Representative Body uh, Business Unity South Africa is just the latest entity to warn that the Commission's decision to block the sale makes it harder for black companies to sell assets and places them at a disadvantage compared with their white uh, compatriots. The case also raises questions about whether the competition law is indeed the right tool to advance the country's transformation agenda. Well, to discuss the decision, I'm joined now by Competition Commissioner Temenkosi Bonakele, Heather Irvin, who is a partner in Bowman's competition practice, David Holland, founder of Fractal Value Advisors and author of Beyond Earnings. And a little bit later on, we'll be joined by Langa Madonko, Savka uh, Director and Investment Principal at uh, Capital Raising uh, and, and Summit Africa. Commissioner, this is the Competition Commission and not the Public Interest Commission. Or am I misreading things? Correct. Uh, um, it's the Competition Commission set up in terms of the Competition Act which recognizes the role of the competition as that of safeguarding the competition uh, competition in the Republic, as well as public interest in certain circumstances. And those circumstances include measures. So the commission is mandated to look at the impact of measures uh, insofar as competition is concerned, as well as public interest. And public interest includes employment, BEE, and so on, and so on. And there have been considerable debate in this country about whether these have equal weighting in the Competition Act. In other words, mm. can you block a measure on public interest grounds in the same way that you can block it on competition grounds? Uh, and uh, clarity was provided by the legislature on this in 2019 with the amendment that made it absolutely clear that uh, the competition authorities have to give uh, equal weighting to all of these factors that they have to weigh. Mm. I should add that this happens, understandably, in a country uh, with the highest inequality in the world, one of the most astonishing 
uh, uh, unemployment uh, uh, rate uh, in the world. Uh, and so competition law of South Africa has always, from the very beginning, recognized the need to balance all of these efficiency issues with public interest issues. And interesting, Heather, that this, uh, this issue seems to indicate that the public interest issues rank pari passu with competition issues when it comes to competition law within our context. What does this decision raise for you in terms of potential concerns that need to be ventilated here through this process, which is at least happening now? Well, Mark, the concern that it raises is that a focus on a particular public interest effect, in this case, a reduction in empowerment shareholding might be something that overshadows the total effect on the public interest of this particular transaction and indeed on the public interest going forward. So a number of the commentators this week have said if we restrict black sellers from selling to anyone, to the highest bidder, regardless of the profile of that bidder, this could have a very negative effect on the public interest more broadly, which of course includes empowerment and transformation. So although we've seen the insertion into the legislation of one additional factor, which their competition authorities have to investigate and consider, there's no indication in the legislation that that factor becomes the overwhelming consideration and outweighs others. Um, and I think the concern in this particular transaction, um, certainly based solely on the press statement issued by the Commission, was that there seemed to be some other positive public interest effects which were going to arise, um, but those were, were deemed not to be sufficient to enable the transaction to proceed, even subject to appropriate conditions. And that, of course, is a very negative message to the market, which had an immediate effect on the share price of this particular target firm, and consequently on the level of investment of all of those shareholders, precisely the people that the Commission is trying hard to protect here. Commissioner, to come back to you as uh, we wait for uh, Dave's connection to return, uh, and I think that is what surprised the market here, because the SENS announcement released by Grand Parade the following day indicated that uh, the parties to the merger had, uh, had submitted to the competition that by the end of 2026, ECP Africa, this is the acquiring private equity fund, will uh, procure the investment of no less than half a billion in, in CapEx, which is going to be utilized in, in furthering the Burger King network. Uh, the merged entity is going to commit to at least uh, a further 150 outlets, uh, permanent uh, previously disadvantaged employees of 1,250 people, uh, procurement spend to be uh, based on um, previously disadvantaged suppliers, and indeed at the ownership level uh, to allocate an effective interest of 5% of the shares in the merged entity for an appropriate uh, BE structure. That seems to indicate, at least on the surface of that SENS announcement, that the merging parties took on board the public interest concerns and were willing to uh, comply or at least meet the competition commission halfway. Well, it's a question of uh, too little, too late. Uh, these uh, 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 offers were made very late in the process. In fact, pretty much uh, a, a week after we had already made uh, the decision, literally on the verge of issuing that decision out. Uh, and the parties have always been aware of our concerns in this regard. So I think it's a process issue, and Heather here can bear me out that if you are going to engage the Commission, you've got to engage coming early so that we can be able to evaluate your proposal. 
uh, to remedy whether competition concerns or, or public interest uh, uh, concerns. Too little as well in the sense that this is a reduction from 68% to zero. Uh, and the commitment made to mitigate that would have to be uh, uh, equally uh, 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 substantial. This is not doesn't mean a like for like. So we're not talking about a 68% BEE uh, equity shareholding here, uh, but we make we're talking about a serious commitment to transformation, which could include equity, uh, uh, but also uh, things like. Uh, 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 very substantial participation in the value chain. Let me give you one example. We we we, we had proposed uh, is that you could you could you could franchise some of the stores, uh, and they could have black operators. Uh, you you could you could spell out. Uh, for example, there is a there is a company here that's dedicated to supply uh, Beggar King with beggars. It's a meat processing company. Uh, so you could have been creating by including blacks within the value chain, and, and I, I don't think it's a question of uh, it's a question of uh, neither here nor there. I think it, it's not a zero sum game. It's a dynamic process, and one has got to engage with it. Dave, we've got you back in the room. Uh, technology is uh, confounding us, it seems, with this particular panel. Uh, the, you know, the commissioner mentions process, and, and obviously there's a lot of legalese in the entire process, but I also don't want to get too bogged down in the process, because in the context in South Africa, record high unemployment rate, the president looking to drive a hundred billion US dollar FDI investment drive to help kickstart a very moribund economy. Uh, walk us through the history and really the economic rationale of the Burger King deal. Does it benefit GP shareholders, and if so, how? It definitely benefits them. The market already voted, so why did they sell or attempt to sell Burger King? Well, because expansions take a lot of capital, and so in this case, uh, um, uh, Grand Parade ran into financial distress by taking on too much debt to expand Burger King, so they weren't generating the revenue and profit that they had originally planned. And I think they realized that it was better off in someone else's hands. And so they decided as part of an, uh, a value unlock strategy to dispose of the assets. So as soon as they announced the disposal, which the market's always gonna give you the best indicator, the share price jumped and it jumped quite a bit. So the, the deal in and of itself, the market was overwhelmingly positive and said it should go through. So clearly the market thinks that Burger King's more valuable in ECP's hands. Now, let's flip that around. As soon as the competition committee said, um, stop the deal, the share price fell. So in fact, um, Grand Parade's, so the market again voted, it said it's a bad decision. It's a value destroying decision. And let's be clear about this. You know, if the objective of the country is, to, is to investment in job growth, you know, this is bad in that sense. So. Shareholders right now are about 170 million rand out of pocket. They're 170 million rand poor. So if I think about scoring this, you know, shareholders, well, they're poorer. They would be better off with the deal. That's clear. Competition, there's been no complaints about competition. So competition would actually be better with the deal. Um, the Burger King business would be better with the deal. 
Okay. Cause they've got a more competent management coming in to run it. These guys are specialists in doing it. That's why they're paying a premium. That's why they think they can grow it a lot more jobs for South Africa. Clearly that would benefit with the deal. Um, investment in South Africa, clearly that benefits from the deal and the present shareholders have a lot more value to reinvest or to consume. Okay. Taxes would also benefit and that impact on BEE going through with the deal is beneficial. So in my scorecard, this is a no brainer. It's overwhelming. The deal should go through. So basically I think the competition commission has used an unbalanced scorecard weighted on one factor, 100% weighting on that factor. And that's led to, to a bad economic decision in something against the objectives that mm. the government has stated mm. of investment and job creation. Lunga Madonka joins us now, director of SAFCA, which is the industry body representing the private equity and venture capital industry. And uh, uh, Lunga, from your vantage point, uh, what do you make of the transaction? Because very often, uh, if, you, if, you, if you execute a transaction in private equity, it's all about looking for the exits. Uh, and this really does complicate that exit somewhat. Yeah, I, I think we, um, I must start by saying, um, as the South African Venture Capital and Private Equity Association, we're very much pro the transformation agenda, and we think it's the right approach for the Competition Commission to look into issues of, of public interest. Uh, however, as you have rightly said, I think we want to understand the nuances around how uh, the Commission came to this determination, because as you have said, this does... Um, have some unintended consequences in that, in our view, you have a much narrower a pool of potential exits that you can do. And we think it also does uh, bring to some extent, um, from a foreign investor perspective, some questioning around the ease of doing business on the South African uh, landscape, taking into consideration what the determinations might be from the Competition Commission with regards to the transactions that you're trying to structure. Um, is there a way in which you can structure a transaction that has phased approaches towards getting back to the empowerment credentials that um, you are trying to achieve? Or is it um, whatever the credentials were at the point of entry, they must remain the same? So, Commissioner, I'm going to bounce those two comments back to you. Firstly, on your balanced scorecard approach. And to Heather Irvin's earlier point as well, there are other public interest factors around jobs and procurement. Uh, it's not just equity ownership. And we know this is broad-based empowerment that we're talking about in the country. Uh, and two, Langer's points around exit and uh, providing some, some color and some rationale on, on why you took the decision on the basis solely on, on equity. Of course, uh, the, 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 this is um, uh, a very complex uh, process. Major uh, analysis is complex in the sense that you try to predict the future uh, it's uh, dynamic because the future is not kind of uh, uh, static. Uh, for an example, if we look at what's happening in the market now, we have to look and say, okay, if we were to block this deal out of this concern, what is the counterfactual? What's likely to happen? And, and if you look at all of those things, uh, I think you cannot reach a conclusion that blocking this deal means there is no other potential buyer there who could have uh, better credentials in terms of PEE. It also doesn't mean that there is no other potential buyer there who could expand the footprint of Beggar King with uh, the concomitant uh, 
uh, with the result with the jobs that results uh, uh, from that. So, so I'm, I'm saying to you, it's not a it's not a simple exercise of saying, okay, I have I have a BEE, then I have employment, uh, then I have uh, uh, efficiency. You've got to balance all of these things. So you put the, the scorecard is not only is not a question of just um, one plus one equals to two. There is a very complex predictive predictive exercise that one has got to undertake. And I absolutely agree that in the end, what you are doing is a balancing act. And my colleagues may not be may not be happy with how the commission has uh, done the weighing up, but I want them to remember this. The number we are dealing with here is very unusual. 68% to 0% is quite significant. And this is why in the more than 20 years of the commission's existence, this is the first measure that gets blocked on BEE grounds. Uh, but the Commissioner, with all due respect, it's the first merger since the amendment to the law, which is in a couple of years. So I think that historical end is a little bit uh, specious. Secondly, it's not just the community around this table. It's BUSA. It's every single business person that I speak to at the moment, because effectively what you're doing is creating a different class of shareholder. You're creating a W share for white shareholders and a B share for black shareholders. And an exit, if you hold a B share, is now constrained by the Commission's view on the potential impact that this could have on transformation at only one level of uh, the various balancing acts and issues in the scorecard. And I want to come back to you, Heather. I mean, it, it does raise a number of concerns. Surely this is open for appeal. What is the process from here? That's right, Michael. So the parties to this transaction, if they're dissatisfied, uh, can have it reconsidered by the tribunal. Um, and in defense of the commission, these are new provisions that everyone's grappling with. And it's ultimately up to the tribunal and potentially the appeal court, if the parties decide to take it there, to opine on the correct interpretation of the act. And so really, they are the ones who would have to tell us how these factors should properly be weighed up against one another and whether a prohibition in the circumstances of this case was or was not justified on the evidence that was before the commission. And I, I really think it would be in the interest of the South African business community to have that matter ventilated in the same way that eventually the Competition Appeal Court looked at the Walmart Massmark transaction and gave us some guidance on the interpretation of public interest factors and how those weighed under the old legislation. I, I think the sooner we have some legal certainty on this issue, the better off it would be for merging parties and their advisors. Um, and I take the Commissioner's point that one needs to deal with these things in a proactive way. Um, until the law is settled, parties certainly need to think about the impacts of their transaction. If there's a reduction in empowerment, they need to understand what is to be done about that. They can't just sit back and say, well, that's mm. our deal, there are no other mm. buyers. Um, some sort of remedy which is practical has to be put before the Commission and one needs a constructive engagement with the Commission. Um, but we also need some guidance on what the law actually requires. And uh, Dave, to come back to my point here, where does this leave black shareholders in modern corporate South Africa? Are, are we to see this issue of a different class of share uh, and effectively limiting or restricting on sales uh, lest they reduce black ownership? Are you creating effectively a second class corporate citizen? Yeah, very much so. Um, 
again, you know, the, the Grand Parade shareholders are out of pocket. And by the way, Grand Parade stays 68% black owned. That hasn't changed. So, you know, again, the argument is a bit, uh, I, I find it a bit weak. Um, but here's the facts. The South, there's, a, there's a global listings, you know, it's a red hot market. How many listings are happening on the JSE? Zip, okay? The market's telling you that South Africa is not an interesting market. There's too much red tape. Um, there's too many regulations. And the cost of capital is far too high. This, uh, this decision increases the cost of capital further thus hurting the economy. It makes marginal investments more expensive and more unlikely. That kills jobs. It doesn't create jobs. Okay, so look at the JSC. How many listings are happening? We've got a, another super cycle for mining companies. How many listings are happening here? There have been 500 in the US. There's listings in Australia, even Brazil. You know, these countries are all seeing a lot more listings with the red hot market. We're not seeing it here. So the, the, the market's giving us a lot of information already that it doesn't like the direction. And I think, I find it, it's another own goal. And South Africa has to stop scoring own goals. You know, we need to look up the field. The mm -hmm. goal says create jobs, gain more investment. And we're not doing that. And sadly, uh, very difficult to transform a, a shrinking pie. What we need to be doing, surely, Commissioner, is focusing on how we create the conditions to, to Dave's point, create uh, attractive uh, uh, conditions for, for businesses to list, to invest, to create jobs, to create employment, and then, and then think about how we transform along the way through this uh, transition uh, an ever-expanding pie. What we're doing through this is sending the wrong signal to, to the foreign investor community, surely. No, I don't think so. I think the, the, the foreign investor community is a one second. We do talk to investors from time to time. They're saying that uh, there's nothing wrong with your transformation laws. Uh, all what is predictability and, and, and consistency. Uh, and and uh, Heather is right that, uh, uh, you know, we need to get uh, clarity on the matter. I myself would welcome uh, 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 the the court's uh, uh, decision on this. I think the law is fairly clear, as I explained. Um, and and the thing is, uh, the law, you don't challenge it at the point of implementation. The law is challenged at the lawmaking point mm. in parliament. So if anybody is unhappy about the, the, ninth, the 2019 amendment, the right place to do that is to debate it in parliament. So even the courts, with respect, are going to be constrained, in my view, with this kind of wording we have in, in legislation. Uh, I, I think that the, the, the major uh, uh, question is whether we are able to sustain a kind of economic growth traje trajectory with the kind of social problems we are having in South Africa. That's a bigger discussion which Dave is wanting us to get into. Can you have a sustainable economy and growth levels in the face of the highest inequality in the land that in, 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 we've seen in South Africa? My, my view is that no, this is, this is dangerous. It's dangerous for Busa, it's dangerous for uh, the owners of wealth in South Africa uh, because, mm. because you, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of instability which is outside our control as regulators. It is better to do something yeah. about it now rather than nothing. On that ideological point, though, do you see your decision as 
increasing inequality in South Africa or decreasing inequality? Because the market is saying that this decision actually increases inequality because you're making harder to invest, you, you're making the conditions for business more difficult and you're raising the barriers and that then broadens inequality because uh, this transaction would have created jobs, it would have created uh, a narrowing of inequality within that definition. So I, I, I don't quite understand what you're aiming at there. No, actually, we're not saying that uh, uh, this uh, acquirer cannot acquire this business. We've never said that. We've said they must make a commitment. Any, any, so we're not saying sell this, this business to black shareholders. You can sell this business to anybody, but whoever buys this business, uh, just like we have done in the past with PepsiCo coming into South Africa, with Walmart coming into South Africa, and so on and so on you must demonstrate a commitment to the South African transformation project, understanding the market that you are going into. So this whole thing about second-class citizens, is, a, I think, is a, is a misnomer. We are not even saying these guys must do a 68% BEE equity arrangement, but we're saying they must make demonstrable commitment to transformation. And that is the policy of South Africa. And it's going to be very difficult to say, to promise any investor coming into South Africa to say, uh, coming into South Africa, you will not face any uh, of these uh, 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 constraints. That is part of doing business in South Africa, it's transformation. Just one last point, Commissioner. What, what is the next step here? Does this go to the tribunal? Is this at a threshold that the Commission's ruling stands? What are the next steps? Yes, this is, in, this is a, 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 at a threshold where we decide. So we've made the decision. And unless that decision is appealed, uh, uh, in other words, a request for reconsideration by the parties at the tribunal, it is a final decision. Uh, so, so there is still an opportunity to have it uh, uh, reconsidered uh, by the tribunal. If they do that, we will engage with them again and we will make our submissions at the tribunal. Thank you very much. Uh, Competition Commissioner Temenkosi Bonakele, joined around the table by Heather Irvine, partner in Bowman's uh, competition practice, David Holland, founder of Fractal Value Advisors and author of Beyond Earnings, and Langa Madonka, Savka Director, talking about uh, the Burger King deal. Uh, quite clearly, uh, very diverging opinions on the way the law has been interpreted in this case.